0: Hello. We are so glad that you could join us today. Our prayer is that as you listen to the word, you would take this time to draw nearer to God as an individual and as a family. God loves you so, so much. And his desire is for you to get closer to him in this season through worship, through dwelling in his word and prayer.
1: Well, such great news uh, that we received from Pastor Tom that he's in health and prospers, even as his soul prospers." You know, health is one of the promises of God, and God's given us dominion over sickness and disease. He says, uh, healing is the bread of his children. You know, coming out of the Kingdom Prayer Conference, where we are uh, charged and mandated to take dominion, to take influence, uh, kingdom influence, into our spheres of influence. It's good that these testimonies are already coming You know, the dominion mandate itself rests with the one who authored it or promises it. That is God himself who gives it to us. And he gives this mandate and this promise to man. In Saul this week and over the past two weeks, it's been interesting having these discussions around dominion. And I realized something that uh, we probably struggle with the concept of dominion because we cannot actually conceptualize it. So let's just go down to basics on what dominion means. And we learned this at the Kingdom Prayer Conference. Dominion means to rule, to reign, to control, bring under the influence. I like that. Control a country, territory, or to colonize. In Africa, we're very familiar with the term colonize. But before we can have dominion over things, we ourselves have to come under God's dominion. Dominion over things begins with dominion over the individual. Before we can colonize, we must be colonized ourselves. Before we can influence, we must come under God's influence, ourselves. You see, the kingdom of God is expansive in its nature. Its roots are firmly founded on uh, God's uh, desire to bring kingdom influence on the earth. His chosen vehicle for doing that is you and I, man. Because God wanted to extend kingdom influence on the earth through man, He made man in His image and likeness to carry His very nature. So that man, with this nature of God, would bring His uh, values, His essence, His very nature and replicate it on the earth. That is, He blessed us and He said, Be fruitful. What is it to be fruitful? You can only produce fruit from your root system. And because we are rooted in God, we can produce fruit that is like Him. He says, From this fruit, multiply. And multiply means impart this to others, train others to do the same. Then He says, Subdue the earth, which is basically calling us to bring into order that which is chaotic, bring kingdom order over the earth. Just like he did, the, the Bible says that the earth was void and without form, and the Spirit of God over it. Then he began to bring order. He began to bring dominion. And then finally, dominion comes. That is the kind of governance that God, that God himself authors is established on the earth. You see, this promise remains. Yet, just like in the Garden of Eden, Man loses this mandate and this promise in translation and in executing it. Let's look at a man who God did make a promise. God gave a kingdom mandate to. In fact, he said you'd be the father of many nations. That is Abraham. So in your scriptures this morning in Romans 4, we're going to study some of this today. It was not through the law that Abraham and his offspring received the promise that he would be the heir of the world, but through righteousness that comes by faith. Therefore, the promise comes by faith, so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are in the, of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of all, as it was written, I have made you the father of many nations." "'In the presence of him who believed,' that is God, "'who gives life to the dead "'and calls things that are not as though they are. "'Against all hope, Abraham, in hope, "'believed and so became the father of many nations, "'just as it was said of him, "'So shall your offspring be. "'Without weakening in his faith, "'he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead "'since he was about a hundred years old, "'and that Sarah's womb was also dead.' Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he promised. Wow. Abraham, the father of faith, received the dominion mandate from God, just like you and I do. In tough circumstances, though, we seem to forget the promise. We seem to forget what God promises, and focus on the circumstances that we face. Here's what I want you to know. Circumstances don't last, but the promise remains. Abraham faced the fact of his circumstances, but he did not allow the facts to weaken his faith over what God had promised. Abraham chose to believe God and hung on to the promise while living through the facts of his circumstances. He didn't line up with the circumstances. He didn't line up with the facts that his body was weak. He didn't line up with the facts that he was old. He didn't line up with the facts that Sarah's womb was barren. He didn't line up with the facts that Sarah's old and beyond childbearing age. The Bible says that Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Why? Why? Because man is not called to live by the facts. Man is called to live by faith. The Bible says this, the just shall live by faith. That's the promise for you and I. God wants us to be promise-minded, not facts-focused. While we are conscious of the facts, while we acknowledge the facts, our mind is not stayed on the facts. The Bible says this in Isaiah 26, verse 3. He says, They are kept in perfect peace those whose mind is stayed on him, for they trust in the Lord. In tough and contrary circumstances, Abraham did not waver through unbelief, but was strengthened in his faith, giving glory to God, being fully persuaded that he who promised is well able to deliver on what is promised and is faithful to bring to pass what he promised. Circumstances feed unbelief. His promise, his word, feeds our faith. See, circumstances change, but the promise remains. Fix your mind on what God's promised. Fix your mind on God's word. Fix your mind on his covenant. I love what Pastor Milton shared last week. You know, it's in spite of these circumstances that we can be expansion minded. We can enlarge our ten pegs. Why? Because he promised it. He promised us dominion. So be promise minded in this season. You see, the promise that God had given Abraham was this. Was that he would have a, have a son. A son of promise. A child of promise in Isaac. And that the dominion mandate would be fulfilled through, in and through him. In his word of the year this year, Pastor Tom, that's our word, said this, For those that are led of the Spirit, times of trouble are a furnace that purifies us and hones our ability to hear the voice of the good shepherd and to be guided into paths of righteousness. Isaac, the child of promise, was guided into paths of righteousness. If we look in Genesis 1, we're going to study what happened in in Isaac's life. Genesis 26, we're going to study what happened in Isaac's life. It says this, there was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, the king of the Philistines in Gerar. The Lord appeared to him and said to him, Do not go down to Egypt, live in the land which I will tell you. Dwell in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants I give these lands, and I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham your father. And I'll make your descendants multiply as the stars of the heaven. I'll give your descendants all these lands. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge. My commandments, my statutes, and my laws. Then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. The man began to prosper, continued prospering until he became very prosperous. For he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and a great number of servants. So the Philistines envied him. Now the Philistines had stopped all the wells which his, father, which his father's servants had dug up in the days of Abraham his father. And they had filled them with the earth. And Abimelech said to Isaac, Go away from us, for you are much mightier than we are. Then Isaac departed from there and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerah and dwelt there. And Isaac dug wells, dug again the wells of water which had been dug up in the days of Abraham, his father. For the Philistines had stopped him after the death of his father Abraham. He, he called them by the names which his father had called them. And Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found a well of running water there. But the herdsmen in Gerah quarreled with Isaac's husband, saying, this water is ours. So he called the well Essek, because they quarreled with him, and they dug another well and quarreled over that one also. So he called its name Shitnah, and he moved from there and dug another well, and they did not quarrel with him over it. So he called its name Rehoboth, because he said, for now... The Lord has made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. Then he went up from there to Bathsheba and the Lord appeared to him that same night and said to him, I am the God of your father Abraham, do not fear for I am with you. I'll bless you and multiply you your descendants and multiply your descendants for my servant Abraham's sake. So he built an altar there and called the name of called on the name of the Lord and pitched a tent there. And there Isaac's servant, servants dug a well. Then Abimelech came to him from Gerah from with uh, Awuzath, ah- 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 one of his friends, and Phicol, the commander of his army. And Isaac said to them, Why have you come to me since you hate me and have sent me away from me? But they said to him, We have certainly seen that the Lord is with you. So, we said, let there now be an oath between us, between you and us. Let us make a covenant with you, that you will not do us no harm, since we have not touched you, and since we have not done, uh, done nothing to you but good, and have sent you away in peace. You are now the blessed of the Lord. Here's a few things that I want us to pick up from that passage of scripture. And I know it's a long reading. The first thing, number one, sow your seed. You see, when you sow your seed as Isaac Isaac did, it shows that God's calling you to stay there. Or God's saying, there's a promise here. Seed always speaks to a promised harvest. So it was in spite of the crisis, it was in spite of the famine that Isaac sowed seed. You see, chaos and crisis precedes repositioning for dominion. It was in chaos, the earth was void and without form, that God began to reposition and institute dominion and brought order about. The Bible says that in that time, there was a fire mine in the land, but God told Isaac to stay in the land. And Isaac sowed seed in that time, and the Bible said that he reaped a hundredfold what he sowed. You know, there's some crisis in our lives, some situations you and I should not be too quick to get ourselves out of. The fireman was going to be used by God to reposition Isaac for God's kingdom dominion mandate to be fulfilled in and through him in the earth. You see, when people are fleeing from their crisis, for you and I as believers, that may be the best time to invest. Isaac took the bold step and sowed seed in that time and reaped a hundredfold. If God tells you to stay, then trust him to stay all the way. Put seed in the ground. Put roots in the ground in that place. Sowing seed is anchoring our trust or saying, Lord, I trust you. It's a bold statement saying, I trust you, Lord. I believe in your promise. My heart is in it. My treasure aligns with your word. In the word of the year, Apostle Tom says this. There will be Uh, There will also be some unexpected harvests, good ones and bad ones. The turnaround time on harvest and planting will be very quick in this time and in this season to come. God is looking for hands that he can bless. Isaac got so prosperous that ordinary people began to envy him. Even the king chased him away. Why? Because he was becoming too influential. It wasn't because of wealth that the king chased him away because Abimelech was wealthy as well. It was because of influence and dominion that Isaac was taking. Secondly, dig wells. You see, the Bible says that Isaac began to dig wells. That is for you and I, look for new streams of income. Look for opportunities. Look for new doors. In the word of the year, Pastor Tom says this. He says, we're going to see some things overtake us. There are going to be some suddenlies from God. There's a wealth transfer that will take place that will cause the body of Christ to fulfill its mandate to preach the gospel to the whole earth. The wealth of the heathen has been stored up for the righteous. Isaac dug wells that were taken over in his father's days. But he would not leave that land because God had promised and God had said he shouldn't. Where do you think that word to dig wells came from? Or how do you think that promise became apparent? Do you not see, you and I see, That the circumstances, the drought, the famine was the perfect breeding ground for God's word to be made manifest. You see, in God's eyes, it was never about the circumstances. It was always about would Isaac be obedient to his word. God's not moved by circumstances. God is moved by his word. God is quick to perform his word. Man, on the other hand, sometimes is moved by circumstances. In fact, a lot of the time is moved by circumstances. But from Isaac's story, we learn here that God only wants us to be moved by what he has said, by what he has promised, because the promise remains while circumstances change. Why is it that wherever ever Isaac dug water was found? In wells that had long been shut, wells his father had dug, That man had covered up. These walls started to bring a harvest, as Pastor Tom prophesied. These walls started to bring water. Where others were shutting up. Where others were covering up. Where others had failed. Where businesses were closing up. Where people were taking flight. There was a child of promise that God began to prosper. There was a child of promise that wherever he dug, God brought some water. You see, it wasn't because uh, Isaac was smart or or there was... It was just because he was a child of promise. And there was a promise that God had spoken that God would fulfill. So wherever he dug, he found water. That's because to the faithful, God will show himself faithful. Stop following lot who looked to greener pastures that were made of man and went that way. Start following the inner witness of the Holy Spirit, the voice of the Good Shepherd, speaking in you and I's heart, knowing that wherever you go, God will make that place green because you're a child of the promise. It's not about how brown it is. It's not about there not being water. It's not about man's failure in that place. It's about God having promised and that his promise would remain in those pastures. You see, chaos and crisis precedes repositioning. The earth was void before God repositioned it for dominion. Don't focus on the shaking. Don't focus on what's happening in the world right now. This shaking is supposed to displace some to put others in place. This shaking is supposed to put you and I, the children promise, of promise, where God intends us to be. So keep moving forward, as Pastor Tom encouraged us in, 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 just a, uh, in the clip just before. Do not shrink back. Bible says of Isaac, he finally got to a place where God gave him an uncontested well. It was in Bathsheba. And in that place, God appeared to him. Expect God encounters in this season. Expect him to move on your behalf. You see, the digging of wells showed Isaac's growing trust in the Lord. Sowing and reaping is seasonal. Back then, wherever you found water, you settled there. In that part of the world, it's very dry. So when you found water, you began to establish yourself. You began to settle there. Digging of wells was Isaac's clear step of faith that God, that God, I am trusting you to fulfill your promise, to do your word, to establish me in this, world, in this land as you have promised. What opportunities are you going to seize in this season? Where others are shutting up, covering the wells and saying, man, it, it's time to flee, it's time to close shop. God wants you and I to dig up those wells. God wants you and I to position ourselves to take that territory. God wants, as Pastor Moulton said, for us to extend our tent pegs. Where others are shrinking back in fear, God wants us to step out in faith. Why? Because he that promised is faithful. He that promised will watch over his word to perform it. He that promised has given you and I a mandate. And his word says that in this season, he wants to transfer the wealth of the heathen into the righteous. So in this season, it's not the time for the, children, for the children of promise to shut shop. It's the time for us to open shop. Because God said so, not the circumstances, not what the government says or any economic report, God's word. You see, when he sowed seed, the Bible says that the Philistines envied him. But when he began to dig wells, it says that they fought him, They quarreled with him. They came to dispossess him. Why? Because digging of walls speaks of establishment. I want you to know, just like when the children of Israel were moving from the wilderness to the promised land, there were giants in that promised land. There are giants in your promised land. But God doesn't want you to shrink back and look back on Egypt. God wants you to face the giants. Knowing that as he had promised as, as Caleb said, these giants will become bread for us. Why? Because God is with us. God is with you and I in this season. These giants that you see shall fall. Your promised land has giants in it, but God wants you to possess. And they are uncontested wells that God will give you. The Bible says that he brought Isaac to this uncontested well. This well, after he had uh, moved, he came to a well which he called Rehoboth. Meaning, God has made room for me and given me a place to be fruitful from. Wow, what a great meaning. God's given me a launch pad. I want to declare in this season, God's giving you and I, his children, as, his children of promise, launching pads. Places from which we can, we can launch from. Places from which the uh, king demanded for dominion. The king demanded to enlarge our tents. The king demanded to stretch forth. The king demanded for expansion can begin to take place. The king mandate for us to be fruitful can begin to take place. The Bible says that he began to expand and, 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 and he moved from there to take territory in Bathsheba. And look at what happened. As soon as he got to Bathsheba, the Bible says that that night, God appeared to him. Wow. And that's because he was fulfilling his mandate. The mandate to be fruitful, to multiply, to subdue, to have dominion. God shows up confirms it and blesses him it is in that place that God answers him it is in that place that he encounters God it is in that place that he did point number 3 today which is he built an altar after building an altar in that place he also dug a well he called that well Sheba meaning oath well of oath meaning well of covenant well of God's promise Learn to rest in God's promise. Learn to rest on his oath. Learn to rest on his covenant. Learn to rest on his word. You see, when he builds the altar, he dies to to self to extend the kingdom of God. He's putting a peg in the ground saying this is God's place. Then God causes, (laughs) a wonderful thing happens. He says, once he's built the altar, All of a sudden, Abimelech, his enemy, the one who pitifies, the king of the Philistines, the one who pitifies his enemies, comes to make a covenant, comes to make peace with him. The Bible says this in Proverbs 16, verse 7. It says, when a man's ways is pleasing to God, he makes even his enemies live at peace with him. You see, when our ways are pleasing to God, he makes even our enemies live at peace with us. When our ways, that's why, In God's eyes, it's not important what giants are in your land. It's not important what the giants are doing. He says when we please him, when we fulfill our mandate, when we are moving forward, when we're not shrinking back, when we're taking territory, when we're expanding, when we've been fruitful, when we're multiplying, when we're subduing, as he's called us to, when we're looking to extend his kingdom and have dominion, he says, man, that kind of man pleases me and I'll make his enemies. Live at peace with him. I'll make his enemies bread to him. Uh, Abimelech comes to Isaac and says, hey, I want to make a treaty with you. Why? Because I see that God is with you. He even begins to lie. He says, we've done you no harm. Man, Abimelech kicked them out. He chased them out like a dog. He quarreled over him. His people quarreled over him over wells they had dug. But he says, man, we're here. We just want to, why? Because we see the Lord has blessed you. I'm here to tell you, Even as Pastor Tom prophesied that in this season where God is raising Daniels, Josephs, Esthers, Mordecais, people of influence who get into their place for kingdom purposes, he says, even the king will be favorable to you in this season. And this we see happening in Isaac's life. You see, the Bible says that those who are led of the Spirit are the children of God I love what it says in Galatians 4 verse 28 It says now you and I brothers and sisters are like Isaac we are children of promise and since we are children of promise he that promised is faithful and will watch over his word to perform it I want you to know we don't live by facts even though we live in them we live By faith. We live as those who have a hope. We live as those who have a promise to to lay hold of. This story today has showed us this clearly. Isaac, a child of the promise, did these three things. Number one, he sowed seed based on God's faithfulness. And his promise. Don't shrink back. In sowing seed. Don't shrink back in investing. Don't shrink back in taking territory. Second thing, he dug wells. That was a clear indication that God wants to settle and establish you. Isaac was taking that step of faith, that step of trusting God to say, I believe this is the place of my establishment. Thirdly, he built an altar. That is He extended the kingdom and said, this is not mine, but this is of God. He extended God's kingdom, dominion, and influence. You see, sowing seed is a start. Digging wells is progress. It's saying that I'm here to stay. I'm looking to get established. Building an altar is dominion. It's saying, Lord, Not my will be done, but yours. It says, Lord, I am building with you. It says, Lord, you are building in and through me. Building an altar says the kingdom of God is here to stay. Kingdom dominion is here to stay. As I mentioned before, we cannot have dominion over things when God doesn't have dominion over us. All dominion starts off with an individual that God has called who heals himself under the purposes of God. To any other form of wanting control, reigning dominion over things outside of that leads to corruption leads to destruction, leads to death, just like we saw in the Garden of Eden. So today, the first port of call, if you're listening to this message, is if you're already in the kingdom, is to yield yourself under God's mighty hand and come under his promise. So dominion may be fulfilled in and through your life. But if you're listening to this message and you've not given your life to Jesus Christ, you are not born again. You are are not under the influence of his kingdom. You are not colonized, for lack of a better word, by God yet. God wants you to come into his kingdom so he may use you to advance his kingdom. So today I want to give you that opportunity. On our screens right now are numbers for our call center. On the other end of that line is a counselor who will pray with you and show you how you may come into God's kingdom, show you how you may come into God's plans. Because God wants to prosper you. In spite of the circumstances, God wants to extend his kingdom in and through you. In spite of the facts that you see, in spite of wells being closed up, businesses being closed up, God wants you and I to advance. So call the counselor, call the number there and say, man, I want to come under God's kingdom. I wanna give my life to Jesus Christ today. For the rest of us, I want to close with this exhortation which Pastor Tom mentioned from the word of the year. He says there'll be a division in this season between the world and the saints. This season will be, a, will be tumultuous But God will raise up men and women like Joseph, Daniel, Esther, Mordecai, and Deborah that will be used to preserve the lives of many innocent people. So, I want you to know that the promise remains. The circumstances will change. But the promise for dominion for his children remains. And that means in this season there'll be a clear distinction. God is making a clear distinction between those in the kingdom of darkness and those in the kingdom of light. Those in Egypt and those in Goshen. Yield yourself under God's mighty hand. Come into his promises. For you are, you and I are, children of promise. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for everyone under the sound of my voice today, that your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, I pray that we may be a children that don't live by facts, that don't live by circumstances, but live by faith, knowing that there's a promise that you've given us to lay hold of, and that he who promises is faithful. Father, may it be credited to us as righteousness, even as it was promised to Abraham that, Lord, he did not waver in his faith, but strengthened himself. He did not waver in unbelief, but strengthened himself in his faith. And lay, held, lay hold of this promise. I pray, Lord, for those that are weak, that you may strengthen them. Those that are, are losing hope, that against all the hope, they may hope in you. I pray, Lord, for those that are discouraged that they may find encouragement in your word. Those that are poor, that they're made richer in their faith, in the name of Jesus. For you are able to bring to completion the good work you've begun in us, in Jesus' name. God bless you all.
0: Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that you were blessed and that God will continue to transform your life in this season. If you have a testimony or need prayer and counseling, please send a WhatsApp or a call me to plus 30 or plus 263-717-459999. We want to hear from you, and we're here for you and are ready to listen to you to pray for you and to celebrate with you so thank you we love you and stay safe